You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to New Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 139, we're discussing Venom. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Venom. I mean, I'm Sanjay. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, the boys are back at the table. We got through that massive snowstorm. Yeah, it looked like Scarface out there. Like It was crazy. <laughs> all the white everywhere. <laughs> the cocaine reference right off the start. <laughs> Love it. to keep you on your toes. <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> it's great to have you guys back here in the Nerd Room. And man, do we got a packed episode today. We are going to be reviewing Venom. All three of us saw it over the weekend. It did fairly well at the box office. Thanks for your money in the box office poll. Yeah, there you go. You got something that almost matched Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> but we're going to get into all that because I think we have three varying opinions here ranging across the spectrum of liking Venom <laughs> to not so much liking Venom. <laughs> but what we're going to do here, because we usually take up a whole episode to do a review, we're going to actually cut that one down to about an hour. And we're going to slim down the front part of this episode and try to get to some of the DC stuff, particularly the James Gunn news that has just broken and this new five-minute Aquaman trailer. And then we're going to try to fit in some of the more recent news coming out of New York Comic Con 2018 with regards to Star Wars. And then next week, we're going to pick up everything we missed from New York Comic Con from Marvel, DC, and whatever Star Wars stuff is still lingering out there. So we're going to do half an hour here of our normal news bit. We're going to cut out our Weekend Nerd, and we're going to also move Grab's question to next week just so we can fit everything in and give ourselves about an hour to discuss Venom because not everyone has saw it, and we want to make sure... We hit some of this news while it's still hot. But given that, Deadline broke some pretty serious news this, I guess this afternoon, just before we record, that James Gunn, formerly of the Guardians of the Galaxy, formerly of the MCU, is now being pegged by Warner Brothers, by DC, to write Suicide Squad 2. Now, some people seem to be excited about this, others not. Now, it just said writing with the potential for directing. Sanjay, I'm going to throw this directly to you <laughs> because you did enjoy the first iteration of this film. Now, they're saying that this might be a light reboot of sorts. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about James Gunn potentially jumping into this universe and maybe even being given a little bit more reign to do some more writing or at least creative control within that universe. These are some of the rumors and some of the thoughts that people are having. Yeah. I mean, this news just came out of nowhere for me. Um, first off, if I had to give James Gunn a project in DC, I wouldn't have been suicide squad too, to be honest with you. It probably would have been green lantern just to see what he could do there with the cosmic world. Cause he did such a good job with guardians. But given that he is doing suicide squad too, you know, my first reaction was, wait, I thought Gavin O'Connor was writing a suicide squad too. And he was supposed to direct, Well, I guess what happened was his script for Suicide Squad 2, a lot of the same stuff is being put into that Birds of Prey movie, which we Mm -hmm. talked about a couple weeks ago. So he's out for Suicide Squad 2, and I think he's doing some other projects with WB. So they bring in James Gunn. Um, You know, honestly, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy 1, um, minus the dance-off scene, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, um, in hindsight, it was just one scene out of a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so I can forgive it. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, to me, it was just okay. 
Um, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was probably just one of the more average MCU films. So, you know, him coming over, jumping ship to DC, I'm excited to see what he can do with these characters, see um, what he brings to the franchise. Suicide Squad wasn't going anywhere. Um, They kind of cut to pieces Suicide Squad 2. It's been kind of kicking around. I mean, the first one came out, what, four years ago now? Three years ago? 2016, wasn't it? 2016, so two years ago. By the time this gets made, gets into production, it'll be like four years. So, you know, let's, you know, if if someone's going to do it, it, you know, might as well be him. I'd rather James Gunn make it than nobody make it. And, um, you know, he's good pals with Zack Snyder. A lot of people don't know. He wrote Zack Snyder's first movie he directed, Dawn of the Dead. So, you know, they do have that connection and, you know, he is writing it. Maybe there's a potential for him to bring Zack back into the family. And what if he directed Suicide Squad 2? Could you imagine? That would just be insane. Like, that would be the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. And, you know, Dave Bautista, he, he looks like he's in. Yeah, of course he, he tweeted. He's <laughs> Staunch know, supporter. Yeah, he tweeted, you know, where do I sign up? And we were talking before, like, who would he be? And I was thinking he'd be a perfect Bane. Yeah. Like, think sure. about, man, he, throw on the mask. He could do that luchador um, Bane. He is, yeah. he was a former wrestler. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the casting would be perfect. And Bane in the Suicide Squad, you've never had a Bane this big. And that would just be so cool. So, you know, I'm excited to see what happens, see what characters he brings in the Suicide Squad. There's so many characters, so many iterations you can do. You know, maybe Black Manta, if he's a hit in Aquaman, maybe he'll be in Suicide Squad too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Troy, what are your thoughts? Yo, that's dope. Yeah, no, I like it. I love uh, James Gunn. I think he's awesome. I don't think he can really do any wrong. I Well, I think... <laughs> well <laughs> some people thought he did wrong. <laughs> no opinions I... <laughs> here, but... <laughs> but I think he could do anything in uh, in the world of DC. Actually, it's a... I wish he was doing like a Teen Titans even. Oh, like, yeah, that'd be cool. so cool. Especially that flavor that he has with Guardians. I, I love the idea of uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. That works. But Suicide Squad 2, I think that's the right idea, especially if you could get like like a soft reboot like what you were mentioning. Yeah. You know, throwing like Clayface, Bane. Yeah. Like, I think you do some really cool things. So I'm totally on board with it. I, I feel it. Yeah, uh, you know, he didn't jump ship. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of gone over there. Yeah. yeah. Post being thrown off the ship. <laughs> but I I kind of like it as well. You know, James Gunn, I think, is a talented guy. You know, he has whatever has happened has happened, right? We're, we're not, we've already said in the podcast, we're not getting into that, not getting into the politics of it. Um, but just looking at filmmaking, I think he's a talented guy, talented writer. And my only fear with this is that it has the tendency to maybe look a lot more like the Guardians in some form of the Suicide Squad. When they first produced this, they took a lot of cues from number one. They took a lot of cues from what he was doing, albeit mm-hmm. the colors, the the soundtrack, the kind of misfits type thing. So I'd almost like to see James Gunn doing something different, like a mm-hmm. Superman or something to that effect where he has the ability to branch out and not do a group of misfits get together, cool colors, you know, witty banter. So and not that. ensemble, eh? I, you know, these guys get pigeonholed. You know, yeah. Green Lanterns, I think, you know, good idea, mm-hmm. but does it again feel a bit derivative of what he's done in the Guardians universe? How do you get away from that? How do you get away from a direct comparison? Mm-hmm. I think Suicide Squad is going to be the same thing. I think he'll do great or could do great. But he's got to be able to make it its own thing. It can't just be, oh, really cool soundtrack. Will Smith's back. But then you have, you know, Dave Bautista in there, this crew of misfits. You know what I mean? It can't feel like Guardians in that form. So that's my only fear with that, not giving him something completely different to do in that universe. I think, yeah, this guy was always going to land on his feet one way or another, whether it was in a year from now, two, three, four, whatever. He was going to find work somewhere. You know, he's produced two of the biggest films 
you know, in the last five years, you know, he brought characters to the forefront of Marvel that were absolute nobodies. And now they're on lunchboxes and backpacks and kids are running around as them for Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. So he does have the ability to grow a universe and grow a franchise. So he seems like the right guy to be going into DC, but is this the right project? I have a bit of a question mark on that. I think, let me re-clarify that. I think it probably is the right project, but maybe he could do something better and bigger with another franchise, with something else within the DC world. That's my only kind of, when I look at this, I'm like, yes, this seems very obvious. Yeah. See, I, I, I kind of like it in a way, because it's kind of like if you go back to the 60s uh, Marvel, you know, you had the great Jack Kirby. And yeah. he's doing like Thor and all that kind of crazy stuff. And then he, he left Marvel and DC took him and he's like, I'm going to do something better than Thor. I'm going to do the new gods. You know right. Sure? Yeah. Which is kind of still like Thorish, but like yeah. way more cosmic and out there. And it's like, if James Gunn could kind of be like the cinematic Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, like, I can see it. I can do it. I'm totally up for it. You know? Yeah. And you know, one thing you could, you mentioned him to, uh, you know, to differentiate it from the guardians, make this R rated. Uh, we we're talking Venom just came out. Should that have been R rated? If you throw Suicide Squad two, make that R rated, then that separates it. Because Guardians still, you know, you gotta sell it to families, you gotta sell it to kids. Oh, yeah. Suicide Squad two, maybe don't make this for kids. Make this more like a Deadpool or a R rated superhero film. Yeah, I could buy into that. Something that he has a bit more free reign to use the language, use maybe yeah. a bit of the violence, and go in a direction that feels fresh i guess mm-hmm. that's all i'm saying yeah. i don't want to see guardians again but yeah. with will smith at the forefront of it i was trying to think of who's like dc's rocket raccoon maybe like i don't think they have any maybe throwing detective champ in there and uh <laughs> dave batista comes in as uh king you shark don't re- you don't want a replication you, don't want a, uh, you know rinse and repeat <laughs> yeah. instead of star lord call WB him like nebula lord or something i don't know chris <laughs> pratt comes star. in yeah <laughs> chris pratt comes in as uh yeah, captain cold Ma- and... michael rooker shows up <laughs> yeah. like no what are you talking about it's not derivative we're the so. suicide of the freaking squad y'all <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep our eye closely on this to see how this evolves it looks like deadline was reported this looks like it's more or less a done deal that he is writing it now whether or not he's going to direct it is a whole nother question mark so i don't know if they're gonna go zack well, 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 quick thing is this a bigger loss for marvel or a bigger win for dc what do you guys think? Oh. i think it's both yeah yeah i think I could... it's a big loss for marvel yeah again you know we're not taking sides on any of this mm-hmm. but not having him finish out that trilogy yeah i think is is a big loss you know some people have issues with volume two and all that um he seemed to have a big hand in the writing of the guardians and infinity war setting the tone for that whole franchise it's just a shame that he doesn't get to finish it out but it is what it is at this point if taika watiti comes in or someone else and maybe it's time for a change you know people might have gotten a bit tired of what was going on by the end of guardians of galaxy volume two that style that tone that he was setting and then Ragnarok took off with the kind of similar but more quirky tone. Maybe we need something like that. Maybe Taika's the guy. Maybe someone completely different. Who knows? But I think it's a big win for, for DC yep. for at mm-hmm. least getting on board this writer-director type thing, someone that can put a different spin and make this feel, again, like its own franchise, but also part of something bigger potentially. And this is totally different than when DC brought in Joss Whedon um, because, you know, Zack Snyder had already started that project yeah. and Whedon came in when that project that. <laughs> was pretty much finished and then he made a bunch of changes. So this is, you know, starting from scratch. Yeah. So this is going to be completely different, completely different result. And, you know, I'm excited. You know, I love DC movies and I want to see all of them. I want to see everything get made. You know, I want to see a Detective Chimp movie. Um, I'm just really on that Detective Chimp from <laughs> Justice League Dark. <laughs> but one thing you are going to get to see here in the not too distant future, 
is Aquaman. This thing comes out in December, and we got a look at a five-minute trailer. And I think most of this was shown. I went and saw Venom and IMAX. Most of this was shown before the Venom movie for Wait, you saw this before Venom? I don't know if it was this exact trailer, because I don't remember the costume. Like towards the end of it, yeah. but there was an extended new trailer in front of Venom for me. What? I didn't see I that. Didn't get that one. I didn't yeah. get, I, well, I heard this clip was also from uh, Comic Con too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't get that clip. Nice. Yeah, damn, yeah. I'm pissed now. My trailer sucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I had a pretty good run. Of I trailers. had nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Mr. your movie Glass posters. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what you guys think of this trailer? Now, five minutes is a long trailer. They're typically two to three minutes. Yeah. Um, I found this one, at least for me, a lot of people are saying it gave a ton away. I don't know if I just didn't focus in on it. I've only seen it two or three times. I didn't try to pick it apart, but I found, you know, kind of the keywords I'm using out of this is it looks fun, fairly action-packed. There's a lot in the film and then the costume. Those are kind of my big hits. But let's hear from you guys first before we break this down a little bit of detail. We're not going to go into our normal deep dive, pick this thing apart, try to figure out the whole movie. We're just going to give this a high level because we are getting close, closer to the film. And five minutes, yeah, it is a lot, but it's more extended sequences than anything. It's not delving too much, I don't think, at least, into the, the you know fundamental elements of the plot. Uh, you know what? I, I like what I saw. But receiving that much content kind of scares me a bit. And I say that because it reminds me of my boy, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right. They released a lot of footage for yeah. that movie. And, um, well, it's, it's red flags. I, <laughs> yeah. I do like the costume, of course. That's my favorite part of this whole trailer. I mm -hmm. like that kind of parkour scene going on. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. dope. The yeah. effects weren't too bad. It had a little bit of that Mummy 1 kind of flavor. Even Indiana Jones flavor. Yeah. Like that adventure kind of stuff going on. But I figure if you could just show me five minutes of Aquaman... Show me Atlantis. Show me the water scenes. Don't show me a desert. Well, I, don't, I don't get <laughs> you know? this. Maybe you guys can explain this to me. Sorry yeah. to cut you off, man. No, it's all good. So Atlantis, what is Atlantis? Because I'm very confused here as to what they were showing. It was like they're in the Sahara finding yeah. the true Atlantis. And then what's this other Atlantis? What, what's flashback? What's not? <laughs> right. um, I think the movie will explain a lot of it. I'm sure it I, will. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like, uh, what's that Prometheus movie where you need like yeah. a PhD to understand it? <laughs> hmm. <I> love <laughs> that <movie>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is boring heavily from the Jeff Johns Aquaman run. If you remember, there's a group called Aquaman and the Others. And they had to go to the Sahara Desert there and find some sort of artifacts that link to Atlantis. So this one, I think they're going to find uh, King Atlan's trident. So he was the first king of Atlantis. So I think that's why he was there. Um, my understanding is maybe uh, in this movie, maybe Atlantis was a city that sank. I, I don't really know what they're going to do with it. But uh, definitely reminded me exactly of Jeff Johns' Aquaman run. Because I remember reading that thinking, why is Aquaman in the desert? In this comic book, and then they explained it in that. So New Fifty Two, eh? yeah, New Fifty Two. Okay. So check that out. So definitely boring from that run. Well, the interesting <laughs> part of the Trident thing and that whole Sahara Desert thing, I had a good chuckle of this because this is exactly how I felt when she turns to him and goes, "Did you not listen?" She's like, "Oh, I memorized it." And he's like, "All I heard was blah 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 Trident." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Me too." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, that was the key takeaway from that. Yeah. Trident <laughs> is important. Yeah. <laughs> now. To your point there, Troy, a little bit about showing, you know, a lot of scenes, a lot of extended scenes and that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, it looks like super action-packed. The parkour thing was really cool. Mm -hmm. It looks a bit cluttered to me. Like, I also got that Spider-Man right. 2 vibe when there was, like, a lot going on. And I hope they're just trying to say, you know, there's some big sequences in here. This isn't going to be like Venom where there's two or three tiny sequences. Yeah. Right. There's going to be some major set pieces in this film. And I think James Wan has always been telling us that from his set photos, from what they've done. So 
it feels a bit cluttered at this point, but I'm hoping some of that is just like your preamble, your history of the Atlanteans, like these big battles and that. Because right. holy man, there's a lot going on, and especially <laughs> that one was like the blue guys and the red guys. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I don't even remember that. Like it's part. like the under big underwater with the sharks. Oh, and the with the sharks. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think those are just two different factions of Atlantis. Like okay. there's, I think they said Atlantis is like broken into like eight different yeah. tribes. And it's like a city of like 40 million people or 50 million. And so there's Zebel, which is where um, Queen Mira is from. And then there's Atlantis where Aquaman's from. And see, they're from two different tribes. So it's kind of like that forbidden love Roman situation. Yeah, there you so go. So this is all about like uniting the seven. Uniting the seven. Yeah, seven came from? exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah bringing it all the way back from like BVS. Well, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, because that's from BVS and then Justice yeah. League. Because we didn't know if it was the Justice League members. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. So now I guess... This is what it is. Yeah. Atlantis yeah. So, I mean, they've been planting the seed for like five years or something. That's like, crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I will, you know, you did mention Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I was a little bit worried about that. Mm-hmm. And they did that with Justice League 2. Remember they released that super long trailer at Comic-Con. Right. And I was like, okay, that maybe is a little bit worried and it was just turned out okay. Um, <laughs> but I think the reason they did it this time is because, you know, that December 21st is so jam-packed. We got Mary Poppins, y'all. Um, we got the, now that's uh, Deadpool, PG thirteen Deadpool. That's hilarious. Like, what is that? Is that Deadpool two? Is that I a brand De- new movie? I heard it's Deadpool two with extra clips and PG. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know that's that's a big thing. A lot of kids who couldn't see Deadpool are gonna drag their parents to see it now. Um, Spider Verse. Spider Verse into yeah. the Spider Verse. Oh, and looks great. It all yeah. Looks awesome, right? yeah. And there's another big movie I'm forgetting. Oh, Bumblebee. 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 Yeah. And even Holmes and Watson. So. You know, that's like five movies that are vying yeah. for limited dollars. So Aquaman has to stand out. And I think they've done enough now to kind of say this is going to be fun, action-packed, a lot of cool set pieces. You know, a movie that you've never seen before it takes place underwater. I heard like 70% of the movie takes place underwater. So I think they're just going to save those scenes because it's kind of neat to see it in uh, IMAX. Like underwater is something that, especially in 3D, when you yeah. have like they're coming in, it reminds me of uh, Star Wars Phantom Menace. Uh Naboo. 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 Yeah. Hopefully, I enjoy this movie more than I enjoyed Phantom Menace. No, no shade at the Phantom Menace, but uh, <laughs> <Some shade. laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm uh, super excited for this and the costume. Yeah, man. Oh man. Okay, so which one do you like better? Do you like the Justice League one or this one? Oh, this one. Yeah, Hands yeah. Down, the classic look. Yeah. Uh, especially because before this trailer, I did see some of the action figures and the statues released, and I was like, whoa, that looks cool. But seeing it translated in the movie looks even better. That's pretty rare to do. Mm-hmm. I love what they did. And it's pound for pound looks like the classic Aquaman costume. I agree. But just brought to life with a little bit more modern touch. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. Love it. What are you, Tim? I didn't love it. Okay, okay. I, I felt that it looked a bit Photoshopped, a little CG heavy. Yeah. Um, I think the character, the guy they've cast there, called Drago, what's his name? <laughs> Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> Sorry. This guy is Aquaman. I'm just going to give you a, post, a poster of him shirtless for your room. <laughs> yeah, make me feel like less of a man. <laughs> but he suits the darker tone to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, even his hair, they lighten his hair up a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's big blonde streaks in it. I noticed that in this trailer as well. I'm sure it'll look good in motion. I, it was just something I paused right. on it. It just felt very shiny to me. You know, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to, you know, throw shade at this you guys love this and i <laughs> yeah. think it's it goes back to my lack of real connection to that character in the comic books mm-hmm. but to me when i look at it it feels like they tried really hard to set jace momoa aside from the classic aquaman suit and all that with mm-hmm. the colors with the darker hair the white streaks he had in tattoos justice league the that. tattoos yeah. and all that i kind of like that that seemed to fit the character that they're driving towards but here yeah sure like i'm always going to be in favor of comic book adaptations of costumes that look good on screen so 
I think it's cool that they've gone there. I honestly, God, I never thought they'd go there mm-hmm. you know, in, in this film, but they've gone there, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, now I really want to see you know him back with the Justice League yes. to see all those suits together. Yes, you got the Wonder Woman suit. It's- on point a blue superman now? the blue superman suit and then the batman with the gray i love the bvs one. Oh Going man back to that movie i yeah. love love that costume you got those four costumes and now you throw in a good flash cyborg yeah. when he changed it at the end of justice league that's right and then you just need green lantern i mean man Oof. it's coming together just, yeah. just keep going dc don't don't you know pull away now now's the time to charge forward aquaman's gonna be a big hit and just picture james wan aquaman trilogy like that's one thing DC needs is like more Let's get sequels. through number one first here. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Side. I'm gonna throw the gauntlet down. <laughs> That's the gauntlet being thrown down very gently, so Aquafina. water doesn't spill. Yeah, Aquafina too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna get a trilogy of Aquaman films. That's how confident I am. Wow. And, and if that doesn't happen, then I don't know. One Maybe. movie we pick, I'll dress up like Aquaman, The Little Mermaid. Beautiful. Uh, whenever they do a Little Mermaid movie, if Aquaman doesn't get his trilogy, and his, this you know, could be years. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we'll forget about it, but we'll I'll never. do it. It is now. And it's going to be a Little Mermaid tank top again. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we kind of scoot off this into one piece of Star Wars news, what do you guys think of the villains here? A lot of villains, but let's talk about Black Manta. He's looking pretty oh, cool. That yeah. costume. That's dope. That's very Iron Man, War Machine like how he yep. made that entrance. I oh I love it, man. Uh, I think last time we mentioned too, going back to our first uh, reveal of Black Manta, he looked great. Even going way back to you remember the set photos from yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder? Yeah, we were like, is that Black Manta in the background? Uh, yeah, I love it. He he looks great. I can't wait to see what kind of villain he's going to be. He has me more excited than Ocean Master. I, would I say. agree. Yeah. yeah, that's his brother, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Ocean Master is going to be obviously the main villain in this one, but then they're going to set up Black Manta for the sequel. Sun being killed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you need Aqualad. Aqualad. <laughs> Aqualad needs to be in it. I'm serious. Pump he... the brakes, bro. There's a <laughs> lot in this I movie. Think out of all the psychics, I think that's the one you leave. I think if we get any psychic, not in Aquaman, but just yeah. in DCU, I think we got to get. Robin established first, yeah. Before we can get like something like Aqualad or no. or Speedy, you know, oh, Red Arrow. Oh man, just oh, and, you well, know, Aqualad from uh, from Teen Titans. No, Teen oh, Titans, from Young, Young Justice. Justice. Yeah, right. That one I'd be down with. Right? That and, and if Michael B was a little bit younger, he would have been perfect Jaden as. Smith. Uh, oh J- no, 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 totally no man! <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, Black Manta. His costume, how badass is that? And he has those. It Other works. like I think uh, that's for me. It works. Yeah. It looks yeah. like it shouldn't, but it works. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it belongs in this world. Yeah, mm-hmm. fits in it, right? yeah. Yeah, and those other uh, or or purple costumes chasing Mira. Yeah, they're those like, are pretty cool too. Th- yeah, do yeah. the James Bond like running through the walls. Yeah, I love that. And that camera angle where it's like showing it in one shot and then it rotates around to show Aquaman yeah. with the lasers. Yeah, the distance Ooh. between them too. Yeah, yeah. Nuts. yeah. That's one thing I took away from here is that James Wan he has an eye for action. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Brilliant this director. Have a lot of action in it. So it looks like it's looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm 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 actually you know for anticipation level for me personally this has raised it. Yeah. I'm excited to see this. I'm I have still this reservation, this little worry in the back of my head. Yeah. This is gonna be a bit too much at once. But Jason Momoa, James Wan has impressed me with all of these trailers, and I'm just excited to get into the theater and watch this. How many times are we gonna see it opening weekend, guys? I'll see it once, <laughs> two, three times. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, maybe go the, the 5 o'clock show, then the 7 o'clock show, and then the 9 Good o'clock luck. show. This movie's going to be at least three hours, right? Like, it has to be at least two and a half, three. You think it'll do better than Venom? Absolutely. Like, I, like if I asked you this before, it's like an easy yes, probably. But now, like... I don't think so. No, like, given Too much competition. Given yeah. the competition, 
I don't think it'll beat it opening weekend, but I think over the long run, I think it will beat it. Okay. Like, I don't think it'll, like, make, like, 80 million is tough to do on that busy weekend. Yeah. But I think the legs will be better. Because Jason Momoa's got such beautiful legs. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what Venom does this weekend. Right. Yeah. Well, it had a very big uh, day. Like it might be a big drop. Quite front loaded, I think. Yeah. But we will get into that. Mm-hmm. And before we get into the start of our Venom review here, guys. Now we have a lot of Star Wars news we wanted to cover. We should cover and all that. But we're gonna slide some of that to next week, and that includes the comic books. You know, we got some information about Vader Ugh. going on here. Some Black Series and Vintage Collection, even some Lego stuff that was revealed. So we're going to move that till next week and get to that where we have time to actually discuss it through. Because we want to give a proper review of Venom here, but also we don't want to have this a three hour long episode. But one thing we are going to touch on very, very quickly. News coming out of StarWars.com about this new live action TV show being produced by John Favreau. Now there's been a lot of speculation. What was this going to be? Was this going to be some sort of, you know, Knights of the Old Republic? Was it going to be focused on a, you know, a new set of characters? And there's rumors that Tatooine was going to be the focus a little bit here, but we finally got a title, a director's list and somewhat of a synopsis. So this is pretty exciting that we're now sitting here talking about star Wars, the Mandalorian. First off, you know, first impression, that's the first thing we heard. You know, what are you thinking here, Troy? The Mandalorian. Do you like this idea, this concept, before we get into the synopsis here? Well, this was crazy. I think you dropped it on uh, on Twitter there. I the did. Title. I, personally, I personally revealed it. <laughs> you said, hey, Disney, I'm dropping this right now. No, the title was dope. It blew me away right away because we didn't get the image yet. No. So I'm going off of this, the title alone, which is fantastic. Um... It's cool because if you were to tell me we're doing a show on Mandalorians, I would have been like, okay, well, that has to be set before prequels yeah. or before the Empire. But if you tell me you're doing a show on just a Mandalorian set in the Resistance time and after Return of the Jedi, yeah. then you really piqued my interest. I think that's awesome. Yeah, you I know? think this this brings a, a great amount of mystery to this series yeah. in the sense that you know, it's it's not going to go off doing something wild and crazy. It's going to frame itself around something that we are somewhat familiar with, mm-hmm. but also it might not be constrained to the history of the Mandalorians, being yeah. that it's set post-Return of the Jedi. So he has a bit of freedom to walk around here, I think, right. which I really like. Now, going to the official synopsis or what's coming off stars.com here. Production on the first Star Wars live-action streaming service has begun. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire, but before the emergence of the First Order. We will follow the travels of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far, far away from the authority of the New Republic. The series will be written and executive produced by Emmy-nominated producer and actor John Favreau, as previously announced, with Dave Filoni yes. directing the first episode. Yes. Additional episodic directors include Deborah Crow from Jessica Jones, uh, Rick Famuelwai from Dope. I butchered that, that for director, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was uh, up for Flash. Yeah, one yeah. he's the first one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope was a good movie. It's it dope. Was, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard of yes. Soulmates fame and Taika Waititi of Thor Ragnarok oh. fame. And it will be executive produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kelly, and Colin Wilson. So this looks incredible. Given what we know, we've got this beautiful image and this list of directors, which includes 
Filoni, you've yes. been calling this yes. for like yeah. months and months. Since yeah. we started hearing yeah. about live action, you've been saying, give Filoni a yes. shot. I'm happy that they have this really elaborate, diverse cast of directors to put their own spin on stars with Favreau acting as the front man. I think this is fantastic news. Now, before we, let's break this down a tiny bit yeah. here. What do you think of the overall synopsis? Now, you know, direct mentions of Django and Boba Fett. We've got this Mandalorian who we have this image of, you know, very gray, brown kind mm-hmm. of uniform. Looks awesome. How you feeling now? You got oh. the title, you've got the synopsis, you've got a picture. And the directors. This yes. is phenomenal news. It's just, ah, destroy, you know, <laughs> you say you're bringing back Clone Wars and I'm like, like, you're killing me. And now you do this, it's just, man, Disney, take all my money. But <laughs> I love what they're doing here. My only thing is with the title card, or not the title card, but the synopsis, is it's kind of weird because they say, you know, Django and Boba Fett, but they weren't actually Mandalorians. No, right? that's a thing, right? Right? But this guy, I'm assuming, or, or woman, is a Mandalorian, right? Which is, I'm hoping so. I mean, if you're going to call it the show The Mandalorian... I, I don't know because so one of the things that if for those of you that have read the aftermath books, there's a character in there. Um, his name's Cobb something or something Cobb. I cannot remember. Those are a while ago when I read those, but it's these these weird interludes in aftermath that just tell like these stories that are happening post Return of the Jedi, post fall of the Empire. Okay. When I believe this guy was a slave to Jabba the Hutt, the death of Jabba the Hutt, he comes out. He becomes like this gunslinger, very Clint Eastwood type voice. The last one I have in my head because that's what it is from the audiobook. Yeah. And in there, he picks up, I, I don't know if it's Boba's Mandalorian armor, but he picks up armor. Right. Mandalorian armor of some degree. So I don't know if it's this guy that they've centered the story in around. Because right. he was acting like as the sheriff, a Tatooine, like a like as a new type of law on Tatooine type thing. So I don't know if they're going there, you know, pairing that with the rumors that Tatooine is one of the focal points or it could be. One of the focal points, given some of the set design that we've seen from at makingstarwars.com. Right. So to me, there's there's a lot there that's telling me that this isn't a Mandalorian. This isn't like your Sabine story, the stuff we got in Rebels right. and all that. Right. I don't, I'm not expecting that at this yeah. point. He seems to be someone that's done that. And that might be part of the story is that he claims to be a Mandalorian and then you eventually find out that he's really not. Yeah, because it's interesting because the Mandalorian history is just so kind of we just don't really know it yeah. to the fullest degree. But um, there's, there's rumors that it's uh, is it Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he might be playing this character. Wonder which, Woman 84 guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. A young Burt Reynolds. He has the face of a young Burt Reynolds. <laughs> but uh, I think this guy could be pretty cool if that's the case. This guy's a badass in Game of Thrones. So, yeah. um, but I would totally be down for the whole Dread treatment, the reboot, where he never takes off his helmet. Like, yeah. you never oh, see this character. Oh, yeah. Like, they tease yeah. it the whole time. Kind of yeah. like Boba Fett, yeah. to a degree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except going back to the, the prequel. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Kind of, kind of. maybe they'll hire Carl yeah. Urban again. Like you're yeah. in it again. Yeah. Just never show your face. Yeah, no. Oh, I love this news. Yeah, man. It's and stunning, stunning director list. Oh, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And I think this is Dave Floyd getting his feet wet because eventually, if he nails this and he just keeps going a little bit, we're going to get that Ahsoka film one day. I hope. Well, yeah. isn't he? Uh, aren't you guys buds? Wasn't he chatting you up? No, that's Oz. Frank Oz. Uh, he liked. Okay. He liked my photo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be on the podcast. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah. There you go. 
There it is again. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know who you guys are. I, my thumb accidentally hit like. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. No, but I think it's very telling here that Filoni is directing the first episode. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's important to me because this is going to be the one that people tune into. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the one that needs to hook people. It's like a comic book or whatever. Yeah. You need to hook people right away. Yes. If this is going to be in a similar fashion to the Netflix releases where you get a dump of 10 episodes at once or whatever it is, eight episodes. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a hook. You're going to need to get people in. And Filoni, live action, he's got a ton of experience with this style of storytelling, yeah. the episodic nature of it, the Mandalorians well, he's worked with. Well, everything we know about Mandalorians is through this guy. It's from Filoni. Yeah, through his eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm almost as excited for the director list right. and Favreau than I am for the entirety of the synopsis. Like, it all <laughs> looks great. It sounds awesome. I am hundred percent in here mm-hmm. but that is what excited me more it's ron howard's daughter like are you yeah. kidding me this is huge Taika Waititi? Yeah. oh man <laughs> it's gonna have one really <laughs> weird episode yeah <laughs> sanjay any thoughts on this before we jump over to venom yeah i'm gonna have to come to your house when you get the disney streaming service and mooch <laughs> off you to watch this that's cool man i can appreciate that i can provide that for star wars we both have to have like a babysitting club and then we can check it out yeah, we just we'll have the whole family's over for a barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> an eight-hour-long barbecue. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the older kids can look after the younger kids. That's the idea, right? Just put them in a pen. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very, very exciting stuff from Star Wars, and we got a whole bunch more Star Wars stuff to talk about next week. Like I said, including Black Series, the comic stuff, and a whole bunch of Marvel DC stuff from New York Comic Con 2018. But you know, we're in this in the trenches right here because it's like all of a sudden we've got. All the news in the world to talk about, including a movie review. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get to that right now. We're going to get to everything else next week. We promise we'll get back to Grapps' questions. You know, it is, we're going to get back to a normal format, but we want to try to stuff at least a couple of DC stuff, a little bit of Star Wars here, and we're going to jump into Marvel's Venom at this point. Now, gentlemen, you know, it's it's been a while since we've done a full movie review yeah. here. We're mm-hmm. going to try to get this about an hour here, so not to go over the hour and a half mark that we've kind of given ourselves as far as a goalpost here. But... My review coming out of this was, it certainly was a movie. (laughs) You know, going into this, you know, we've talked about this almost at nauseum. You know, the trailers, they seem to degrade our interest as we had gone. We got the start. It felt like a horror film. It felt like something different. Okay, they're going to spin this, you know, take this into a new genre. We haven't seen a comic book film go into that genre at all. We got more and more of the CGI, more and more of Tom Hardy acting like a weirdo. And we got a good indication as to what this movie was going to be. Now, general thoughts, guys. You know, coming off of the trailers, you know, we had some things to say. Maybe we're a bit harsh at times, but sometimes I think we need to do that. (laughs) But coming out of the theater, spoiler free for the first little bit here, guys. How are you feeling? I'll throw this to you first, Sanjay. Yeah, you know. Bright and sunny. (laughs) I actually was feeling pretty good uh, coming out of the theater. You know, this wasn't like The Dark Knight. This wasn't like Infinity War, but this was just a solid comic book movie for me. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, this, you know, the story wasn't the greatest, but Tom Hardy gave an excellent performance. Um, and at the end of the day, it did something that matters a lot, and it made me want to see more. Um, it hooked me into this Spider-Man universe, whatever they're calling it, like the Spider-Man Sony Ultimate Movie Universe, like the <laughs> Sumka or something. Venomverse. The Venomverse, yeah. yeah. So I want to see more. I hope this succeeds. Um, seems like they're going forward with... Um, Morbius the Vampire as the second film. Um, so yeah, I, I'm happy that this is doing well and I enjoyed myself and I had a good time at the movie. 
Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go crazy on this film or anything, like that, but I, I felt like it's very outdated when I when I left the movie theater. I just felt like you know, you look around at all these superhero films that have come out. And I'm not even the biggest fan of Logan, but you look at the quality mm-hmm. of all these films that have come out, especially Logan, and this just felt so far down that chain. It just it didn't make sense to me. It's like did Sony not look around at everybody else and? Yeah. Trying to reach that bar, but um, it felt very disjointed too. The editing wasn't the greatest, but uh, overall, I mean, it's 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 to me, it's a very turn your brain off kind of movie. Yeah, basically, it's Sony's Transformers universe mm-hmm. in a sense. That's, That's hilarious you say that. That's exactly <laughs> in my head what I was thinking. Like exactly. That is why. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you know, for me coming out. As I was watching it, I kind of did flick off my brain. Yeah. I kind of got through it. And at the end of the day, I, it's not a terrible movie. It is, like I said, a movie. It certainly yeah. is a movie, was my exact quote on Twitter. <laughs> and then I followed up by saying it felt like a film from the early to mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what you're saying. And I leveled that as a criticism because, in my opinion, the genre itself has evolved way past what we got to screen here. The plot is paper thin. Yeah. The lead actress had zero to do. Yeah. Tom Hardy, to me, felt miscast and out of place. He would have, I think, stood better as a Flash Thompson, some yeah. sort of military character. Oh, okay. That's um, interesting. The villain, I did not care about at all. Like, at all. And Venom himself, again, to me, was a bit of a miss. So, as far as a turn your brain off and watch film, yeah, it was fine. Whatever recommend going to grab this in theaters for 20 bucks no wait till it comes out on netflix and watch yeah. it if you really want to get into this universe i think that and we will get into it there's a lot they could have done at least for me that would have drawn me in a bit more i agree with you the editing was a bit choppy but overall i think like you said i'm like i'm shaking my finger at sony here because you have literally blueprints for any kind of film and they started off you know they wanted to go into the genre bending comic book film of horror Mm. they kind of went there a few times and then just veered away and then just went into uh, Spider-Man 3 territory. Pretty much. Like, it it felt like of that era. And, you know, there's some great films that came out of that era, but again, that was 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was, right? And they should know better at this point. You know, Sony literally has the notes from a Spider-Man MCU universe and they use none of them. (laughs) But, like, we we were talking back and forth on Twitter there is it because the MCU is so successful that like any other superhero film that tries to go against it because it's going to be seen as, you know, the second attempt or the third attempt is not going to seem, you know, like the correct way. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like you try to go up against the MCU. It's like David versus Goliath. If you're not of that ilk, if of that comic book film, are we as fans or critics, are we going to look at that and pass judgment on it harsher than, we should. I, I think you have to. I think that's the point of comparing it to other comic book films. It's like a book or another film in a different genre. It's like mm-hmm. you're always going to have this this standard, this pillar of, of film you're comparing it to. And is it fair to always compare to the MCU? Maybe not all the film, but there's some weaker iterations in there. There's mm-hmm. there's like the thing what I'm talking about is is more the genre style. It it didn't do anything. Like you go back to the early days of comic book films. And they were comic book films. That's all they were. That was yep. the genre. 
But now you go to the MCU, you've got political thrillers, you've got coming of age film, you've heist got films. heist yeah. films, you've got space operas, you've got everything. Yeah. And so it's no longer about a genre itself. It's about, you know, taking something and molding it into, or taking a genre and molding it into a comic book film. They could have went the horror right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this should have been rated R. Like I have like almost zero idea of what Venom should be, but I know it's not particularly this. But, I mean, if you look at his comics, I've never read a Venom comic. Maybe you have, Troy? Yeah. Are, are they rated R? Or are they more like... Because Marvel doesn't really have a lot of rated R stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, they, they had like their, their Marvel Max, you know, with Punisher and, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But, but the, the, the most recent Venom comics I read, actually, though, were with the X-Men. So it's kind of toned oh, down okay. a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I know the rated R didn't necessarily bother me. I know they cut away, like when he was about to eat yeah. someone. Yeah. They cut away, which is which is okay for me, is just the tone. Like you said, like, why not just go full-on um, horror, I, like, right? I, Instead yeah. of going, like, goofy for one minute and then horror the next and then it's like, just silliness, you know? Like, yeah. Well, the, the silliness is what threw it off for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, they at sometimes they're like, oh, this is crazy horror stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then other times it's Tom Hardy doing all this weird, like, body <laughs> acting. Well, like, yeah. Tom, Tom Hardy jumping into the crab pool there. Oh, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Like, Eddie Brock wouldn't do that. Yeah. That just didn't make any sense to me. It just... You know, you bring up, that's a good point, because, like... Spoiler for remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. No, going, knowing who Eddie Brock is, I'm only basing what I know off the Spider-Man animated series right. from the 90s. And he's, like, a jerk. He's a bad guy. Pumps those weights. Yeah. Crumples newspapers. And right, yeah. Harder. He throws it. Like, uh, and he leaves the... What do you call it? The photos in his shower head? I always remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember. The film. Yeah, the film. Yeah. I was like, wouldn't it get wet? But, uh... <laughs> um, but don't you have to change who Eddie Brock fundamentally is because he's not a villain anymore. He's the anti-hero, similar to what DC has done with Harley Quinn. She starts off 100% villain, and now she's the anti-hero. Look at the MCU with Loki. Starts off 100% villain in Thor 1, and or maybe not like 100% villain, but he is the villain. And then by the end of Infinity War, he's an anti-hero. Yeah, but Venom's been an anti-hero for more than he's been a villain. He's yeah. only been a villain for a very short time, so they have all the comics to go back to of mm-hmm. Venom being an anti-hero. Even currently right now, he's an anti-hero. So oh, okay. um, I, I still feel like that is an excuse to write the character kind of poorly. And you know what? It's not even Venom that's kind of handled wrong. It's Eddie Brock. It's Eddie Brock yeah. that's yeah. handled wrong. Yeah, because yeah, they, they could have done this yin-yang, this balancing, right? And they get kind of into that mm-hmm. where they're trying to say, you know, Venom's the bad guy. Eddie Brock is the good guy. Mm-hmm. They find a balance somewhere in between. Right. You kind of get towards that at the end of the film. But they just didn't... To me, Tom Hardy is, is grossly misplaced yeah. in this and miscast. Like, he, he plays... Sometimes he's serious and he's always effing dirty yeah (laughs) Yeah. gross looking yeah but he just didn't to me he would have suited more of a military guy upstanding military guy has an issue somewhere the current flash thompson yeah the current flash thompson maybe something like that if you had to do eddie brock because this is the character that's more closely associated with it you you gotta do a different spin on it he's got he can't be this goofy like tom Hardy doesn't suit that like they had, it was some mixture of like a quippy kind of goofy Spider-Man thing that they were doing and then trying to pair it up with Venom. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it just, to me, it, none of it landed. See, that's interesting because to me, Tom Hardy kind of made the movie. Like if you cast anyone else in that role, I don't think this movie does as well as it did opening. He had the drawing power for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think maybe Tom Hardy's fine in the role, but you have to write him very differently oh, okay yeah you have to yeah. write to tom hardy you don't yeah. have to put tom hardy in a written role maybe he needed the mask and talk like bane again maybe a little bit that's one of his best roles <laughs> <laughs> indistinguishable <laughs> but okay. best role. that's kind of the, the high level so sanjay really liked it troy is eh 
I'm a <laughs> So we got two turds in the wind. That's yeah. the final ranking of Venom. <laughs> but you know, the we I don't I hate I'm at the point now where I don't even want to use Rotten Tomatoes anymore. You know, we spoke yeah. about this again over Twitter. This thing's got like thirty percent Rotten Tomatoes. That's insane to me. And the audience is now like what, ninety? Yeah. Like okay, it's what? such a Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's, like 90. Rotten Tomatoes busted ass broken. <laughs> I agree. I think, you know, the thing we got to remember is it's just as simple if you liked it or if you didn't like it. And, you know, that doesn't, that's not any way to compare films. There's so many different films that, in my opinion, get like bad reviews that I like way more than films that get good reviews. You know, so it, it's just kind of weird. Um, Rotten Tomatoes is a weird thing. I don't really, I kind of use it as just like looking quickly, but yeah. I don't really throw too much stock into it. You need genre focused reviewers. That's, yeah, that's ha- perfect. That's right. You can't have a guy that reviews dramas coming in and reviewing Venom. He's going to give it a yeah. shitty review. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guy reviewed like Phantom Thread. And yeah. Then yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah it needs to be genre specific. Because yeah. like, yeah, I can cross over into independent film and get nothing from it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I'll come over and give, you know, Infinity War, the, one of the best films yeah. of all time. Give it an Oscar. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, there needs to be, there's not a balance there anymore. It's it's all over the place. You, you look at the top reviewer and they're like from the New York Times or from wherever, the Boston Globe, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, these people are reviewing everything. This is their job. Mm-hmm. So comparatively, you know, next to some of the best uh, stars born or whatever, which is getting yeah. rave reviews, right. next to Venom, yeah, of course you can give this 30% and give that whatever 80. Yeah. But, you know, uh, like on comic book films, it, it probably kicks around that 50% mark, 60%. I don't know. It, it's not 30%. Like it's, like I said, it's not terrible, but it's, it's definitely just not evolved into what we're used to, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a more take on film criticism. Like, Roger Ebert was the best film critic I could remember. And when he would do reviews, you know, he would always be, like, fair, and he wouldn't just, like, bash a movie if he didn't like it. If he, like, kind of saw what they were going for and it maybe didn't click for him, he would still kind of give it a favorable Well, he review. had two thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was one or two. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's but, what it was. It wasn't like he had like three quarters of one thumb up and then a thumb down. Like, <laughs> you know, life was simpler back with Roger Ebert. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't. I think the last superhero film, one of the last superhero films he uh, did was Watchmen, and he gave that four out of four stars. Love that movie. And you know, he, he and for him to like review that movie and review some of the other movies around that time, like he got it. You know what I mean? Like was he it, was. Sorry, was it Roger and Ebert or Roger Ebert? Like was that was it one guy or it was, two guys? Two guys. At first, it was two guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was well. Roger Ebert's one guy, and yeah. then it was like Siskel, Gene Siskel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. and then Siskel and Ebert. Siskel, yeah. Siskel okay, and Ebert. Yeah, yes. and then yeah. it was uh, <laughs> Rope, Roper and Ebert. I think so I just had this thing. I was like, was I saying that it was two guys my whole life, <laughs> and it was actually just one guy with two personalities? <laughs> it's like Lord and Miller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. No, I, you know that I don't even know where I was going with that, but Roger Ebert was a good reviewer, and I think we need more reviewers like him. Genre specific is the key, and yeah. that's why you come here to the nerd room because genre specific even though like if you break down our reviews it's sitting at a 33 percent on the nerd room tomato score and nobody pays us to review their stuff yes well they could if they wanted to <laughs> they don't want to and they never will <laughs> anyway a lot of people did go and see this you know yeah. i'll be at the reviews whatever it debuted to 80 million dollars which is Whee! the largest largest october opening of all time and i think beating out gravity, gravity yeah. by yeah. 2013's gravity by 20 million dollars that's wow. awesome 
And it ranked ahead of the opening for Ant-Man and the Wasp, which debuted to just under $76 million. And it was only $4.4 million behind Solo, A Star Wars Story, which That's is insane. insane when you put that in hindsight. That's like crazy. That is nuts that this film debuted to this big. And it goes to show room to move, you know, nothing else out there. They had the small independent, the Bradley Cooper film, a big blockbuster blockbuster looking type of yeah. film 100 million dollar budget yeah, yeah this thing is gonna make well past its budget it's gonna get a sequel yeah because of where it sits like you you put ant-man the wasp in here it probably does better you put solo yeah. in here it does way better oh yeah Definitely. yeah yeah Definitely. yeah the solo is just like a couple months after last jedi yeah this is placement this is just good placement you know again to me this is again why you make this more horror because you put it in october which yeah. is traditionally your horror month mm -hmm. it seems to fit that a little more yeah but you know i think there's there's something to be said about the placement of this they obviously did their marketing right they got people hooked in they got people in the theater including the three of us so 80 million dollar debut it's gonna get a sequel yeah 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 and it um today i saw it brought in another nine million yeah so, so it's, it's not slowing down which is blows my mind <laughs> but anyways we're gonna jump into the spoiler part of the review so for those of you that have not seen the film we will bid you farewell come back when you have gone and seen it when you catch it on netflix bye bye and like i bye. said <laughs> we will now. be back next week to fill in the gaps from new york comic-con some of the other news that we have missed we wanted to make sure we gave this a, you know a bit of time to review here so my first thing I'm going to ask, and I've already kind of pitched it, should this film have been rated R? Yes or no? Just a yes or no. I'm going to say no. I'll say no. Yeah. I just don't see, like, if it was rated R, what else they would have included. Because the only thing else would have been more swearing, which I don't think would have helped. Uh, more violence, which may be, like, more blood. And less people and to attend the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, those too. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. And more nudity, which you know maybe they would have had it like Doctor Manhattan with Venom with his like oh, Venom penis. Thing, you know? I should have started with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, part of me says no, and the other part of me says yes. The reason I would want to say yes is not for the swearing and all that or nudity or anything like that. It's taking it in this very extreme horror thing I, mm -hmm. I wanted to see something i'm not a horror guy by any means right. like i am a giant wimp when it comes to stuff like this <laughs> but i wanted to see Venom a different pussy. take within the genre <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but i to me it just needed a different element to it whether that's rated r or whether that's different script or whatever right it just needed a little something i don't know if rated r is the right move for this again i have no history with with venom but to me, it needed a different element to it. Maybe the R is what could have done that, forced it into a different direction. But anyways, jumping into the start of the film, we're kind of thrown into the deep end. We've seen an origin story for Venom in Spider-Man 3. So again, the audience somewhat benefits from previous knowledge on the character. Not having read a single comic book, they can walk into this thing and say, I kind of get that he comes from space and he sticks to people and then he creates a suit. So I think that they didn't have to work as hard there, but they did give us a relatively accurate, well, not really, but he came from space at least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me, this is where some of the confusion and some of maybe my own headcanon or where I'm immediate let down is that this early scene about the, what is it? The Life Foundation's craft crashing in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. Then they go into this weird explanation about how they found these symbiotes on this asteroid. They capture them, one escapes. It's just a little much at the start. And then you get immediately thrown into, here's this Carlton Drake, played, played by Riz Ahmed, who's awesome in Rogue One. And Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, so fantastic. Nightcrawler. Like, oh, yeah. Major, like really talented guy given kind of a nothing villain role. But the thing that, that really got me here is that 
they could have went in a completely different direction with the origin of the symbiotes. They kind of get into some context later on that they are were on this thing and Venom and Riot and they had they wanted to come to Earth to take it over. Mm-hmm. Just way too damn confusing. Right. They should have simplified this. Like, am I wrong to say that they could have done something where it was? And this is where I wanted to go. Is like start off with a kind of a space horror. Mm-hmm. You think see things like Sunshine. There's mm-hmm. that movie with Ryan Reynolds. The well, that's a movie called Life, and it's made yeah. by Sony. And so when they said the Life Foundation, yeah. I was like, is this like a sequel to that? Because at the time when they got when they got released, a lot of people were like, oh, is this the prequel to Venom? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of could have worked as a prequel to Venom. Well, spend the first, I don't know, 10 minutes in space doing this weird horror thing where right. you don't ever see the Venom thing. It's it's kind of, and then it eventually crashes and then something takes off from there. It just seemed like very Oscorp to me. Yeah. Like, let's pack everything in. The origin goes, like, into this small container. Spider-Man 2 Oscorp. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Am I crazy to be thinking that the origin here, right as you get going into this film, you're like, ah, what's, I, there's so much going on. Yeah. And just real no rationalization for it. Like, this paper-thin kind of origin story for Venom. Well, you know, now knowing the tone of the film, um, I would rather your way, you know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. But the thing is, is... um. If I didn't know what this film was going to be like, I wish they just went the ultimate route, Spider-Man, where this was man-made. And it was actually... Oh, interesting. Uh, the symbiote was designed to cure cancer. Uh-huh. And since you have this life Love foundation, yeah. right? and they're scientists, why not just have them create this? And it's a project oh, that went bad. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Right? Um, the one thing... Did you guys pick up uh, at the beginning... J. Jonah Jameson's son. J. Jonah Jameson's son. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Killed, oh, yeah. wasn't he? Hmm? He was killed. Wasn't he, he was killed. They yeah. said someone was alive and he was, but it was actually the symbiote that was yeah. alive. Yeah. And then he left him and he died, right? Yeah. But I love yeah. that little callback. There. Yeah, it was a nice Easter egg. Yeah. Um, the Daily Grind. The, or the Daily the Daily Planet. Yeah. They mentioned it. Oh, did they? Yeah, they mentioned Daily Planet because that's uh, where Eddie Brock came from in New York. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So. Um, For me, I already know like the symbiote comes from space. So let's just get this film started. Like to me, I just wanted to see him be Venom and eat people and do cool shit. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, let's just get past it. And I was just like, yeah, it's not like the greatest. You know, as yeah. I said, I, as I said, it's not the Dark Knight. It's not Infinity War. It's just a fun movie. And it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I could buy it. Let's move on. Like it didn't, it wasn't like offensive to me that they put this in. I was just like, yeah. It's just see. to me, like you set the tone immediately with what yeah. this film's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you could have, again, I'm putting a lot of stock in the fact that I wanted this to be like a horror film. Right. Yeah. And they started off and I was like, wow, this is Spider-Man 3. This yeah. is amazing spider I That was the immediate vibe I, I got from it. And that's not, I don't think, what they intended. No. Yeah. Because then you get this like really loose villain in Carlton Drake. Like, we knew Venom was going to be the anti-hero. Like yeah. you said, Troy, in the comics, he spent a lot of time as the anti-hero. We needed a formidable villain to go up against him. We eventually get Riot, which is, again, something that is almost forgettable until the very end. We're like, oh, shoot, we need to have a symbiote fight. Yeah. But Carlton yeah. Drake here, I'm not buying his motivations. I'm not buying anything about this villain. Like The only thing that I thought was reasonably well done was the moment Eddie Brock and him have that interaction, he's talking about, oh, there's lots of fake news and all this. So (laughs) it was a bit more relevant. Like, oh, I'm a reporter and this is the reason I do this stuff because there's so much fake shit out there. I like when they started going down that path, but then they never pursued it again. And they kind of had this battle, they fire him, and then he's kind of like this loser. And they say that how many times? Well, it's so predictable, right? We saw that whole thing about to happen, right? Like the boss is like, don't do anything, stick to the script. You know what I mean? And then he sneaks behind his fiance's back to find that. But is that like showing how Eddie Brock 
Doc, you know, he is kind of a jerk. You know, like he kind of screwed Spider-Man over, yeah. showing that, you know, he isn't perfect. He does have a bad side and he will step over whoever he needs to. But he in never order to get what he wants. He never he to me, he never gave that off ever. Like he kind of stumbled into that because he really wanted to hammer this guy. Right. But it wasn't he wasn't ever doing it maliciously. Like he was to Carlton Drake. He was mm-hmm. it was like a greater good type thing. Like right. I'm gonna sacrifice this because you guys know I'm a crazy journalist guy on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And this is what I do. But to me, he never had that that underlying tone of I'm gonna step on my my fiance mm-hmm. to get a promotion to get this scoop. Yeah. Like I never got that from him. He seemed like a relatively genuine guy that wanted to do the right thing. Right. But then like when he did that to his fiance, like he knew he she was gonna get fired. Like she knew he knew the stakes and like none of us would ever do that you know so it just kind of shows that this guy was a little bit off and a little bit mean-spirited but they going prior before that they set it up like these two are very down for each other didn't they i mean yeah i don't know that, that's kind of weird i kind of also felt like when we were introduced to eddie brock being a reporter i actually thought it was a joke for the first two seconds like we got that horrible first hulk movie angly like oh comic yeah strip stuff going yeah. on yeah which looked really bad and he's like reading his cue cards as he's like reporting and i was like is this like is he trying to become <laughs> like an up-and-coming reporter because it just yeah. didn't look real it didn't look right yeah and then you find out he's like the big time reporter in in um where is he again? San, san francisco san francisco yeah. so i was like well okay i guess i'll, <laughs> I'll buy this i just yeah. didn't believe him even being a reporter to be honest okay yeah yeah and yeah. My, my issue with him and in carl and drake also is that they there was never any battle between the two of them like other than the, the brief interaction they had where he kind of embarrassed carlton drake in front of his security or whatever yeah. tried to get the scoop there was no underlying tension between the two of those characters yeah. at all and so they never had to me you know he was always trying to bring them down and all that but i, I just never felt that you know when you get into a good villain there's like this magnetism between the two of them. they always see them driving mm-hmm. towards the same thing or towards each other Right. Like to me, they're both floating off in their own universes yeah. and they eventually kind of like float back into each other. Like there's yeah. never any driving force pushing the narrative forward and driving these guys towards the same thing. Like, yeah, there is the symbiote, but I, I just never felt that these two, that Carlton Drake was a true antagonist. And we don't get enough of the other symbiote yeah. to make him a true antagonist for your protagonist in Eddie Brock and Venom, kind of. Well, it's kind of like a bad take on the 90s Fox Kids uh, Spider-Man show, where it's like Spider-Man kind of ruined Eddie Brock's life. Mm-hmm. Not even trying to. Then you see how much that affected Eddie Brock. You see how rock bottom he hit. Yeah. And that's kind of his driving motivation to hate Spider-Man and to hate Peter Parker. Whereas I didn't get that in this film. Whereas like he really should have hated um carlton drake yeah a little bit more like he yeah. should have more of that gritty kind of moment where he hit rock bottom but he didn't he's still kind of like go lucky but he <laughs> yeah but they drove yeah. towards that like they set that all up it yeah. was like this guy is gonna break your life yeah yeah like yeah. he got his wife fired you know he's no or his fiance fired yeah. you know he lost everything like, yeah mm-hmm. he was basically yeah down in the dumps all his jobs he they set all of that up yeah. but yeah. he never hits rock bottom no ever <laughs> he's still a good guy well, that's <laughs> that's not any. That's, that's not my Eddie Brock. He, he paid the homeless girl five bucks for the newspaper. Twenty, 20, 20 bucks. bucks. Yeah, 20 what bucks. a damn good yeah. guy. Hey, no job, but he's yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. So you think you might want to save that money, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really know Eddie Brock too well. Like to me, he's a big jerk. Yeah. But like, could you have a hero, a superhero film where the hero is a big jerk with no redeeming qualities? Well, a little bit. I mean, now it's kind of time to try it, right? Yeah. When we have all these other films where we're surrounded by, like, the Boy Scouts, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think I think if you did that, mm. then it would have to be rated R. You, but you, you know what I mean? Like, if if you did that and make him like completely a jerk and like have like the homeless person selling a newspaper, he like takes it from her or something, and then steals her money because he needs it, well, and then buys a beer. Well, even Doctor Strange in the first Iron Man, like they're dicks. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? But you're still kind of rooting for them at the end of the day. They're just not as like crooked or bad kind of as Eddie Brock could possibly be. Mm-hmm. You know, you could play even with the the homeless thing. That could have been the spark of redeeming quality is that he's kind of a dick okay, yeah, and yeah. then he has a soft spot for this girl and then that factors in later when he does see her in the the, the Oscorp right. building whatever it is mm-hmm. is so like you see him doing this stuff hitting rock bottom but he still shines once in a while right yeah. it's like you know here's five bucks for the paper even though it's free right here right even yeah. though you stole it like or going into the the quickie mart or whatever it is the, <laughs> the quickie <laughs> and and going in there and you know talking to this woman and having there's your redeeming quality yeah. Yeah. on the outside he's kind of you know very rough kind of a dick whatever to other people um you know even doing this where he's trying to get the scoop you know have him be a heartless reporter a guy that's always chasing the scoop and this is eventually what drives him and his wife apart what drives him away from his job but he still has these redeeming qualities he's still got the that heart of gold kind of like uh scott lang and ant-man where he's doing like you know he's stealing stuff and he's getting caught but he still has you know he still loves his family still loves his kid yeah that redeeming quality is that kind of like or like make it a little bit less goofy i think less goofy than yeah. even that and having him be kind of this harsh person like we've seen takes this i can't even i can't put my finger on a film where the reporter will do anything for the scoop yeah that's the guy you wanted well nightcrawler yeah Jake yeah yeah, like, yeah. Yes, yeah. That, exactly right yeah yeah that would have been perfect that's yeah, yeah great yeah. instead he's gonna put a fishbowl on his head <laughs> <laughs> talked about it last week yeah <laughs> But let, let's talk about you know we talked about Tom Hardy here we you know we t- there's some differing opinions at the table but there are some qualities there I think make him a, a, at least a character in there that you want to watch a little bit more of but what about his fiance here we've mentioned her a few times you know this was it should have been more had more of an effect on him than it actually did but his fiance Anne her name is played by Michelle Williams you know fantastic actress zero to do in this film like yeah. nothing is yeah. she a character in the comics i think Anne is i think so but i can't put my money like it's so like so this is a spoiler review so like she turns into she hulk is she hulk she venom she venom yeah, yeah. she hulk how could you miss it just big and green um so yeah she venom is that always just one person or is that multiple i think people? that's going back to like the separation anxiety or even the lethal enforcers kind of moment or lethal protectors mm-hmm. anyways i think there's her there's riot there's venom obviously and then we got obviously maximum carnage or carnage itself so there's another one in there as well i believe but i can't put my money on it again like i said so yeah, yeah like if to me there is a use like this that she should have had more to do like she kind of pops back into the film once in a while when eddie yeah. needs help but completely wasted on like that actress she she could have offered a lot more to the film Mm -hmm. and to me their chemistry like almost zero zero yeah and that's why you don't feel that like when they break up i was like okay whatever and she moved on six months later just like bye yeah Yeah, doctor and then the doctor is really helpful well they try doing the whole ant-man thing yeah yeah the new boyfriend that came in he's actually an okay guy yeah i totally got that vibe yeah yeah but But, i mean he's a good looking doctor why (laughs) like i don't know why you need that character yes there is a point to it but that could have been a friend that could have been whatever would have been better maybe if she was the doctor yeah and he had to go to her even though that you know they've broken up Mm -hmm. they've gone their separate ways 
but she's the doctor that gets the thing out of Makes him. Like going oh, okay. back to that and using her, like combining the, mm-hmm. the new guy and her into one character, giving her a lot more to do in this yes. film. Yeah. You know, giving her an intelligent arc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a great actress. Yes. Like, yeah. User. Yeah. Yeah. I I've mean, used. She, maybe in the sequel, she'll be she venom. Yeah. She venom. Is it she venom? To me, that to me that was like so. a is she venom? Oh, lady venom. Lady venom. It <laughs> it's it's a split second. Like I was like, Femin. I didn't even when she walked up as she venom or whatever. Yeah. I was like, who's this person? Like yeah. they they there was nothing there. Like I had no idea. Well, they they hinted with the dog with the squinty eyes. <laughs> sure, but like there was no build to that. Yeah, like there was there's nothing. She, the character isn't well known enough that the general audience would have had like that aha moment. You know where we're just like, oh, you know like. I'm trying to think of saying like the Aquaman costume review uh, reveal. You know, everyone knows Aquaman's costume. Not everyone knows who She Venom is. Well, to me, it was like Pepper Potts in Iron Man oh, Three. Yeah, yeah. It was like she showed up. Like you're all of a sudden you're like, what is yeah, happening here? Here it is. Armor. Boom. It's yeah. like it's just a quick fix. Like yeah. it's it's literally they spent all this time body hopping and then they bring her in just to body hop Venom back to, to Eddie Brock. Yeah. But then he gets to make out with Venom. It's so weird. Yeah, that's weird too. That was super weird. <laughs> that was weird. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> How do you move on from Well, we're gonna move on to another character chemistry, and that's Eddie Brock and Venom. Mm-hmm. This was an interesting take. So what they did in the film here, they gave you a lot of context and a lot of insight into who Venom as a character was through inner monologue within Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. Now, to me, I didn't love it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's, um, I, it was an interesting way to take the character so you got that different perspective. I don't know how you do it another way. But the, the, the whole like hunger and all this stuff, I just, to me, maybe it needed to be more subtle. And I didn't get why he knew words like loser and pussy and all this. Like that was weird. He I, had he yeah. had a. Uh, <laughs> it's a very similar society. Weird. I mean, you, you can say that for any like uh, sci-fi movie. Whenever there's an alien that comes and speaks English, you're like, how did they know English? But it doesn't mean to degrade into insults and slang. Yeah. And he doesn't have a vocabulary of a forty-year-old yeah. man that's been you know doing. You know what I mean? I'm venom as but, AF. Like, yeah. But oh. maybe didn't he say like he tapped into his brain? So like everything in his oh, brain yeah. he knows yeah. now. So yeah. like he can he would that was something that maybe Eddie Brock would say. Yeah, like I get yeah. that, but maybe contextualize that a little bit when they're at the life foundation and say, yeah. Oh, we're seeing these things, you know, as they're into, as they get into someone, they start to take on the mannerisms and characteristics of their host. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you need a little dialogue around that? Like to me, it's just like leap after leap after leap. And it's, it's very abrupt leaps. Yeah. Like the fact that he goes from being infected to this thing, screaming at him, calling him a loser and telling him about <laughs> his planet and all this. It's like, Yes, I know you need that context somehow, and I don't know how you do that properly, or do you save that for later? It, it just seemed like okay, here, here it is, and you know, a lot of people complimenting this part of the film that they liked that inner dialogue. I struggled with it. How did you guys do with that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I would have rather gone the route, and we've seen this a thousand times, where the alien doesn't know anything. So if they do say something, kind of, it's like. It's almost awkward in a sense because they don't really understand the way that we speak or like, oh, okay. our languages. Yeah. And we've seen that a thousand times in other movies and stuff. Yeah. But for me, I would have rather seen this like in a sequel, like Venom's developed. Like that oh, okay. Yeah. Smart yeah. Right type now. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. And, and like you mentioned, like him dropping like those lines, I was very taken back. Like, <laughs> what? Like. This isn't Venom? Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I thought it was kind of weird. 
Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of found him funny. Uh, the lines like, um, I don't really know too much about Venom. To be honest, to me, Venom is just a cool looking character. Yeah, you know, like the comic book character looks cooler than Spider Man. He just Take does. It easy. He just does. I mean, <laughs> man, Troy almost went across the table. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade, okay? Uh, you got classic Spider-Man and you got Venom. Black suit Spider-Man, man. No, well, that's Venom. I mean, it's like a classic Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And, and yeah. you know, black suit, black suit Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man. Cool, hi. Yeah, but you know, he's still no Venom because Venom's got like the big tongue. He's got the big mouth. He's bulkier. He's a little bit more jacked. He's just a cool looking character, yeah. and so that's the only thing I know about him. Um, and so like the interactions between them, I thought it was kind of funny. Like some of the jokes he was making, you know, I didn't really like put too much stock into like, why is he making these jokes? I was just like, ha, he kind of like <laughs> beaked, uh, Eddie Brock. I thought it was kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe I was just like in a really happy mood when I saw this movie, but, uh, maybe I was a little bit buzzed when I saw it. So it's just added to it. <laughs> Uh, maybe that, that, that would probably help <laughs> have a couple of beers before you go just make sure you're not driving home yeah. yes but, uh, yeah. no drinking driving yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah that certainly helped me yeah. I did not think too much about it <laughs> well you, you talked about the look there how did you yeah. guys feel about the CGI in this film going from everything from the weird tentacle arm things coming out of them the uh, the look of it entering into people's bodies mm-hmm. when they're at the Life Foundation, right down to the final look of Venom when he's in his full form. Yeah, it's weird, you know, because going back for years now, you go online, you can see some really cool like mm-hmm. fan-made posters and whatnot yeah. of Venom, and they look awesome. So I was very surprised to see the choice that Sony went with. I mean, obviously, when you look at it, you're like, yeah, that's Venom, and that's cool. Is it a step up from Spider-Man 3? Well, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, it's very inconsistent. Again, yeah. going back to like the Ang Lee Hulk, remember sometimes he's a lot bigger yeah. or greener in some shots than others? Sometimes Venom was a lot bigger in other, sh- in other, <laughs> other shots. Sure. Um, and you know, because it's such a dark film too, it's kind of hard to keep up with the CGI, what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. Venom's all black and there's a lot of nighttime shots. Yeah. So it was okay. It wasn't like the worst CGI it wasn't like um, Stephen Wolfer. <laughs> no, it, no, that's fair enough. But it, was, it wasn't that great. The tentacles were kind of weird too, especially like when we get to the end of the film where we see him do like the half turn in the wind scene. Oh, the half y- Venom face. I didn't like that it at all. It didn't look good. No. It didn't line up at all. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. really weird. Yeah, I'm with you. The CGI was probably my least favorite part of the yeah. film. Um, Venom, as I said, he looks cool, but he didn't have that chest symbol oh i know come on like what are what are they doing and he you know they couldn't do that though the chest symbol is spider-man yeah yeah but you but it's weird not having it on yeah i mean it just looked weird it looked kind of like vain veiny but like not like what symbiote in my opinion should look like in the screen i don't know like to me i didn't dig it um i don't know i hope i hope they improve for the sequel because i you gotta have that classic venom look he's just He's just cool looking. Especially Carnage. Like, that red symbiote's gonna have to look really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think one thing to point out, like, the whole film's at night, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. All the symbiotes are dark. Yeah. Right? You yeah. don't have red, you don't have the yellow one, or white one, or anything like that. And I think it's telling, because you look at the CGI, and for me, everything stuck out. Again, this goes back to the point of being a mid 2000s film. Yeah. This isn't gonna hold up. Like you go back to I I don't like compared to MCU films. You go back to Iron Man. It was done in two thousand eight. Yeah. CGI there is flawless. Yeah, it we did that up. review. We all up. raved yeah. about it. This isn't gonna look good in five years. You know, but this I will... doesn't really look good now. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily you know take you away from the film. Like a film like Black Panther, 
as great as that was, that end fight scene, the CGI yeah. was a little yeah, suspect. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. At least in their note, though, it was daytime shots, so it's a lot harder to pull off. Whereas yeah. Venom being dark, you know, that's why like Arrow, those shows that were mm-hmm. filmed at night, because you can pull off the special effects a little bit better. But is that because the the budget was only, I uh, only air quotes, a hundred million? It yeah. shows, though, right? Yeah. Like to me, what you do with that, like, it's a lot of money still. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you don't have as much as they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you play the first half, you know, similar like go back to Batman Begins. You yeah. didn't show Batman to like halfway through the film. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? You do the same thing. You don't have to have Venom out there right away. You don't have to have this this life foundation thing with this thing crawling all over people. Yeah. Keep it subtle. Keep mm-hmm. keep the, the reveal. Again, like a horror reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it till later on. Build, build, build. Have this scene in space where you have people getting sucked up or yes. whatever. You don't see it. So you build towards that reveal. And you have people anticipate what's it going to look yeah. like. And then you hit them mm-hmm. with a really solid piece of CGI. And you're scared by what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Because even you go to when Venom's floating around in the bubble outside, like when they're disconnecting and he's talking to him and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. To yeah. me, again, that felt like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. How is this thing doing this? <laughs> yeah. I don't quite get the the mechanics of the symbiote of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, as an intelligent life form... I get the basic concepts yeah. and why you'd come to Earth when you can't live. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the stupid monsters. Like, I love signs, but why come to an Earth this, or, or a planet that's 70% water if you're allergic to water? <laughs> because they needed a place to invade. You have to find some place. I guess. But if there's a whole bunch of you out there. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other planets. Right? And why you're, like, hanging out on an asteroid with your, like, enemy, don't know. But, <laughs> well, but it, it, it's kind of like... Um, Going back to the CG, I wish they kind of covered up in a sense. If you were to do like what you've been mentioning this whole time is going like more horror route. Yeah. But what Tom McFarlane wants to do with the next Spawn film, he yeah. wants to treat Spawn itself as like this mystery kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. horror, you know, in the shadows. Do yeah. that with Venom with like, um, what was the movie that came out? Not Glass. Split. Split, and a yeah. Bit of that kind of like feel. Totally. That could have worked pretty well for this film. Set that tone. But do you think if they did that, general audiences may have not turned out maybe they're just kind of looking for dumb action that just throw it on screen. They, they might have. I don't think people knew what to expect from this film. I think yeah. people just saw Venom and they're like, cool, a cool looking Spider-Man. Yeah. But I mean, if you were to Cooler give us a surprise. looking Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if you, I mean, because Split was well. Split did really, really Split well. Split was the box really office. well, people yeah. People had no idea what they were getting, especially being attached to um, Breakable. Yeah. So I think if you could have gone your horror route with that, you know, well, this, um, it's a subtlety of the reveal yes. is, is meant to be the big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you save that. Like, do you even need a like a proper other symbiote villain if you're doing something like that? No. Like no. have the conflict between Eddie Brock and whatever villain and have the symbiote kind of there. And the, I don't know how exactly you do that. But the way it was executed, I, like the tentacles coming out and the fight with the SWAT team yeah. and then the, the Life Foundation bad guys and all that. It was it just was to me, it just looked goofy. It was him flailing his arms <laughs> and then, then chucking in yeah. CGI later. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It, the CGI is just... It really hurt the film. Yeah. yeah I agree. And you knock this thing down to 60, 80 million. Like, I know what, like, like I know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> you knock the budget back and you just do a few really well-executed CG scenes with Venom. You save mm-hmm. that to the end. If you can get like the horror films that they're doing, right? Like you're the expert in this. Yeah. Fifty million dollar budgets. They're oh, making a, like what yeah. did um no, even Joker? Joker is like yes. maybe jo- 50, 70? Yeah, fifty. I think. Right? Yeah. And it's gonna be a character study. I mean, if you got that film first, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Venom would be a lot different looking. They probably yeah. would have taken notes from. Well, well, I guess I can't really see I, it. I mean, I, we'll have to see it. But if it, yeah. if it hits and if it's as good as we talk about, yeah. 
It's going to change the game. For but sure. Deadpool. What was the budget on that? Yeah, that was $58 million. Or 74 yeah, and Deadpool, the CGI was flawless, and the yeah. costume looked flawless. You had, you had Colossus good. in yeah. there. You had all the work they did on Deadpool, his face, all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby like, legs. There's a lot you can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looked good. There's a lot you can do yeah. there. And so to me, like the excuse, I, I don't, I'm not seeing it there other than them trying to do too much mm-hmm. with a more limited budget. Yeah. yeah, $200 million budget, this thing probably could have looked really good from CGI. Yeah. You yeah. take $100 million off that, you lose a lot. You probably yeah. paid Tom Hardy a hell of a lot of that money, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's, to me, it's it's at this point, it's inexcusable. If you, like, I get, yeah, if you have a $250 million budget like Infinity War, that's one thing. Yeah. You work inside your budget. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you have to change the scripture because there is a heavy reliance on showing Venom, showing him do crazy stuff at night, but then also the end battle scene, like with Riot and all that. Like yeah. that was just a, I, I said to, I went with my buddy Joey, Joey, shout out. <laughs> um, and I said to me, and I said, I didn't catch really any of the end battle. I'd like, I couldn't, it was. Like, I don't know. It's kind of Iron Man 1-ish. It, it very much right? was, yeah. 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 But yeah. It, to me, again, Iron Man 1 had, for its flaws, yeah. you know, you go back and listen to our review on that, you know, we, we do hit that because we found the MCU, especially in the early part, their end fight sequences weren't as good as the mid-fight sequences. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me here, there's zero stakes. At least with Iron Man 1, you have Obadiah Stan, you have Tony, you have some stakes built there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a bit of a clunky mess in there. But this one, like, they haven't really built the Riot Venom no. thing. Yeah. The Carlton Drake versus Eddie Brock, again, was like, okay, these guys have zero chemistry, zero motivations there. You know, you have this rocket ship. These guys are fighting. I have almost zero context for this. I'm at this point, I'm checking my watch saying, all right, I just want to see the end credit scene because I heard it's pretty cool. Well, at that point, I'm already <laughs> like, I bring on Woody because remember, like, this film was announced Woody knew Woody Harrelson was going to be in this film yeah and so yeah. time's taken like okay well I guess I know who Carnage is because Woody Harrelson hasn't popped up really because he completely like flew out of my head I was like really? oh yeah I remember he's in it and the end kind of scene but like I totally had forgotten yeah I was like yeah I'm just waiting for it just counting yeah, yeah. just waiting so, for that Woody <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the the end battle like the end battle um I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here yeah. a bit but we're talking about yeah Riot the symbiotes yeah, yeah. there's not a whole bunch more to talk about yeah it wasn't that great um you know cgi it kind of held up a bit for me there like it was okay uh there's some cool shots it kind of had like some splash page shots like when the symbiote's kind of ripping apart from both of them and they're like inside like the humans are like looking at each other like that looked like a splash page to me in a comic book um other than that like as you said like it there was resolved really quickly with like the rocket ship and then but they spend the, and they spend the whole film saying sound and fire is bad sound and fire is bad yeah well you have sound and then you have fire and then it's like oh yeah no don't worry about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine it's fine yeah and it's kind of weird that he just gave up his weakness he's like oh i'm allergic or not allergic but like sound hurts me and fire and fire and fire yeah <laughs> okay i was like why would you give that away like context yeah <laughs> just say it in your head bro <laughs> what about you Troy the boy yeah you guys summed it up for me man it, it's, it's very outdated um, it feels again going back to like the early MCU final battle sequences but I can't even excuse it because at least those were like older movies this is yeah. now right um, we have things like the airport sequence or even the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for me yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to justify yeah that, that's the bottom line is like okay this, this should be more here yeah like 
this is, like I said numerous times, paper thin writing. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't like hitting people because I know this stuff is hard to do. And I'm not a writer. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not a film producer. I wouldn't even barely consider ourselves critics. <laughs> but I feel <laughs> We're like... trying to get that Rotten Tomato <laughs> certification. Don't say that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when we look at this and kind of break it down, I'm finding it difficult. I try to always go into these things with some relative positive spin. As we talk more and more about it, I'm finding it hard to see. Because in my head, and maybe this is a flaw of mine, I'm seeing very simple tweaks to writing and you've got yourself a film that to me makes more sense. I just didn't care about anything no. in this, like nothing. There's some shot, like Tom Hardy is good in some parts, but to me that's really dragged down by the parts that aren't good. Like there's, to me, there's not a lot of middle ground. Either he's pretty good or I'm like, like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, this does not fit Tom Hardy. No. You need to stick someone else in that role if that's how the character is going to play. And yes, I don't want to hit the actors because this is what they were given to work with. And I, I don't know if there are many, if any, redeeming qualities in here. I'd love for you guys to, to give me something yeah. here to chew on. But, um, you know, after seeing this, are you like kind of curious to see where it goes from here? Like, I know if it was up to you, I let me, let me pose this question. If it was up to you guys... I think I have an answer. Would you fold this and just move everything, the spider villains, over to the MCU? Yes. Oh, yeah. I definitely, yeah. I definitely uh, see, end this for sure. See, I'm kind of... See, this is my thinking of this. We have two main cinematic universes going right now. We have the MCU, which is very successful and is on its 21st film coming out in March or February, yeah. sometime next year. So it's got 20 films under his belt. You get the DCEU, which is just starting out, seems like it's turning a corner, and, you know, they're going to keep producing films, and they're on film six coming out this year. And then that's kind of it. Um, you know, we used to have the X-Men universe, and we used to have the Sony Spider-Man films, but those are kind of gone now. So, you know, this is kind of like that third alternative. There's a couple independent films, like Hellboy coming out, stuff like that. But it looks, cool. looks cool, but um, I don't think, you know, those are just one-offs. I just like this because it's something different. It doesn't look like a DCEU film. It doesn't look like an MCU film. To me, this is like, okay, so this one may not have hit, but the tone was different. The style was different. Maybe, you know, maybe Morpheus will hit for you. Maybe Craven the Hunter will hit for you. Maybe Venom too. Um, the thing is, if this folds into the MCU, Disney, as big as it is, only has like a limited budget and a limited amount of um, space to release movies. So, you know, the max you could get is maybe like 10 a year. And that's like 10 spread out between Disney Animation, Disney Live Action Princesses, uh, Marvel Studios, X-Men Films now, Star Wars now. Yep. So, I mean, it, you know, if these films get folded into the MCU, I doubt we even get a solo Venom film, to be honest. Well, you're running with the assumption that more is better. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily there with you. I would like three universes, but if we continue to get films like this... I don't really want to bother. It's like mm -hmm. saying, okay, there's three types of beer on the on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. One's okay, one's really good, and one it tastes like shit. <laughs> Just because there's three on there doesn't mean that they, that makes it better, right? Yeah, like, but like maybe uh, it's kind of like, okay, say you got steak, you got hamburger, and you got, I don't even know what's in between steak tofu. and hamburger. Tofu. Maybe sometimes you just like... Maybe you don't dig tofu, but maybe like some other people do. I tried it. Well, apparently a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. So. It's sticking well, around, I, I, this I new mean, food. It goes back to the, even what Tim and I were saying is like, you can have your DCEU yeah. and you can have the MCU 
And you could honestly just bring back the Amazing Spider-Man universe in this world. Like, yeah, we talked about this. Uh, crosses over. In, yeah, in, that doesn't work, right? Like, I would you, love you that. You established that Eddie Brock already came from New York. Mm-hmm. You established that J. Jonah Jameson exists in this world. Yeah, and his son's an astronaut. I don't see why you can't make that connect. I mean, I, it's all right there. I would love that. As much as I didn't like Amazing Spider-Man Two, yeah. I still think the bones in that universe are there for yeah. something that could be something cool. Yeah. If they if they at, at the end credit of the scene wasn't this and it was. What's his name? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield with the Spider-Man costume. Oh, Can you imagine? That would have completely changed the whole film for me. Absolutely. And then, like, maybe the next film, they're taking down the Sinister Stick. Six. Sinister Sticks. Uh, the Sinister the Six. Suit. It was the Black Suit. Oh, or taking man. down Carnage. Yeah. Like, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, he was the best part of those movies. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't love Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I loved him as Spider-Man. It, yeah, it doesn't excuse all of this, <laughs> but it gives you at least some foresight as to what it could be. Yeah. We were we would all be talking about this. That would be like the news if Andrew Garfield yeah, showed yeah, up in the post credits, and it won't be the first time something like that's happened. Because I mean, you go way back to the James Bond. There's a point yeah. when James Bond, I can't remember who was under, but Sony also brought Sean Connery back, and they had their Sean Connery James Bond while the other James Bond was going on. Really? So, yeah. So you could. They're both held the same movie too. Well, Fender, Fender something. Oh forever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Diamonds are forever or something, and like, or maybe like Casino Royale or something. No, yes. Yeah, like, like the original, like not the like Daniel. Yeah, Kaylin. well, that's yeah. a book, but yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. But yeah. even like DC is doing it. Two Jokers. Exactly. You got Joaquin Phoenix doing like this completely different take on Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, look at Robin Hood. How many Robin Hood movies do we have? We have a new one coming out yeah, with like Tar Edgington. Yeah, that Jamie looks Fox. Jamie Fox. That looks super exciting because I've never seen a Robin Hood movie before. <laughs> it had to have crossed their minds. Like we can't be yeah. the first right. people to be like, "Hey, yeah. they should have done this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. someone, like one of the producers there must have been thought, "What if we just kind of recombine these things and just leverage Spider Man?" What you if Tobey Maguire came back? Well, that one would work because Venom's already been established yeah. in uh, Sam No, Rain. Spider-Man 3 I mean, never happened. Andrew Garfield's even titled or even uh, still contracted. contracted yeah. Right? But like yeah. to me, it's like Kevin Feige said, no, you can't touch this. Yeah. But we have this other universe that's kind of just there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the second iteration wasn't great. The first yeah. was fine. Yeah. But maybe just maybe Feige said no. Maybe he has that power because maybe it would hurt the brand if they put out another stinker like Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't think they would be able to, though, because ultimately it's Sony. Sony yeah, would be I, yeah. Know, I don't think it hurts the brand as long as it's made very clear. Like, even look at the title cards now. It says association with Marvel. It doesn't yeah. say Marvel Studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just says Marvel across there. Yeah. <laughs> Now, to kind of cap this off, we talked about a post-credit scene that we would have liked to see. How about the two that we got? This the, <laughs> this was this was an interesting scene for me. Yes. Um, we knew we all knew it was coming. Yeah, Carnage. Yeah. You mentioned the wig. Yeah. Sideshow Bob in real life. Like, come on. What was that? That was so Annie. I'm telling you, it was the worst wig in history. It's a hard history. knock life Horrible. for us. It made Jamie Foxx's, like, whatever two-piece wig that he had in... Electro. Oh, Electro. my goodness, the comb-over. Yeah, I made that look brilliant. Like, and Especially because we've just seen Woody Harrelson in Solo. Yeah. yeah. He's all over the place, too. Great, yeah. though. Yeah. And then here with that wig, I was like, Whoa. Big red wig. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many other... And I to me, Woody Harrelson's not the right no? character okay. for this. Like... There's so many other actors. Like, I threw at the guy. I can't remember his name. He's in Banner Brothers from Billions. Uh, I think he was in Homeland. Um, I want to say Daniel something. I don't know. But Daniel Craig. No. <laughs> if He kind of looks like him. Um, but if you needed, like, just put a natural redhead. Like, I I get the idea of Cletus Cassidy. He's a redhead. He's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Hillbilly type. Maybe Woody Harrelson fits that a bit. Yeah. But to me, 
I there's the thing I struggled with solo too. I, it got better in the film with Beckett, mm-hmm. but Woody Harrelson is Woody Harrelson yes. first. He yeah. is not a character. Yeah. He has a Tom Cruise going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, you can't see through the care the actor into the character. Yeah. And having him pop up there at the end is like, ah, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot of Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Yeah. There is a plethora of actors you could have put in there that are a bit tweaky, kind of give you that sense. I just kind of got this goofy vibe. I didn't mm-hmm. get that Cletus Cassidy really creepy vibe. Again, yeah. pointing at the horror thing. He's yeah. scratching his hello Eddie yeah. with blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then Woody Harrison looks up. I'm thinking like, is this an SNL parody? Like, what is this? <laughs> ah, but right? I mean, the good thing is he's going to be in CGI as Carnage, right? So like you wouldn't actually see Woody But he's Harrison's still going to be coming face. out of it. Yeah. You, I okay. mean, if you just tell me he was his voice scene, and doing the whole motion cap like Andy yeah. Circus for Carnage, yeah. and we never saw his face. Cool, but um, if you're gonna cast Carnage, I think you mentioned Jim Carrey, which is brilliant. Yeah, I but think I think uh, Bill Foster is like a really cool choice. He's uh, he did Alpha Dogs. He has uh, he did oh he's yes he's brilliant. He's like a brilliant actor. He's <laughs> I th- really I underrated. I was thinking oh, Ben okay. Foster from yeah yeah or Bill, Bill Foster from, Bill Foster. from Ant Man and the Wasp. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Bill, Bill Foster's from Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, it's gonna be like ben you want to yeah he's, he's awesome. Yeah. He, this stuff in Alpha Dogs when oh, he's like was, that was, he's kind of a neo Nazi type, isn't he? In that, Arden. yeah, I think he was. Or does that another film? Well, he's he, he's he great. Also did the film with Chris uh, Pine, um, Hell. Hell underwater? Oh, hell or high water? Hell yes, water? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a brilliant yeah. actor. Yeah. And then he did the one with Mark uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, the soldier, the soldier. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Wahlberg he was good in that too. He's he nice played, He can go off the deep end oh, too. Oh man, give me that guy's carnage. Oh, man. brilliant cast. Yeah. Love oh, that. So good, Ben Foster. Ben Foster, ben it is. Foster. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, um, Woody Harrelson just looks weird. Yeah, it yeah. does. It did, didn't work. Sideshow Bob, you said this before we started recording. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks <laughs> but, like. But you know, he is like a. Funny guy. Uh, he's in a lot of comedies. He was in Cheers, obviously. So that's not what you're shooting for here. But maybe like you know, um, <laughs> who, who the one be the guy from Cheers. <laughs> but I, you know, the one thing I will say is like Robin Williams. You know, he was always known as a comedian, and then he did the Christopher Nolan Insomnia, and he completely like changed around. Like he could play these like dark characters. One hour photo. One hour photo. Exactly. So maybe like you know, uh, even Kristen Wake in Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, she's always known for her comedy roles, and now they've cast her as the more serious Cheetah. So, you know, a lot of times comedians, you know, we have yet to see the results of that. But a lot of times comedians can play those dark characters. And I don't disagree with you there. But, like, a guy like Steve Carell, too. Oh, yeah. He would have been perfect. Oh, but but they – well, I'm not for this role, I don't think. But, <laughs> oh, I but think he would have been Comedians good. like that, they kind of, they, I, to me, they disappear into those roles. Yeah. yeah. I don't – I haven't seen a film where I convincingly can yeah. say that Woody Harrelson has disappeared into the role. Yeah. Like, you, I agree with you. Robin Williams yeah. in those roles, yeah. gone. Uh, like Steve Carell, gone. Yeah, and I'm hoping we get the same thing with Kristen Wiig. But his his star power, his delivery, there's nothing like the nuances of how he acts is always kind of the same. Yeah, Robin mm-hmm. Williams, like he was a creepy guy in those films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's what you want f- from an actor of that caliber. If you're gonna like, I think he was fine in, as Beckett. Like, yeah, he yeah. worked for me there. Um, this not so much. And I think they also blew opportunity. I mean, a lot of people actually been loving it because people were like, you know, one of the best post credit scenes. Like people were going crazy with this. Really? But um, I think that was their chance to really nail the whole uh, Hannibal Lecter. Moment. Yes. Like that was their chance yeah. to really give us something gritty and hard. And they failed the dialogue. You know, we mentioned this movie, the writing, and the dialogue is some of the worst. You know, it's yeah. so on the nose where he comes out being like, "I'm going to release Carnage." It's like yeah. that, that made no sense to me whatsoever because. 
the general audience saw the red hair and you already knew, okay, he's Carnage. Yeah. Or not the general audience. The people that know comic books knew he was going to be Carnage. But the general yeah. audience, they see the red hair. They don't know who this guy is. And when he says, I'm going to be Carnage or there's going to be Carnage, they yeah. don't know who he's talking about anyways. Yeah. So that's just like a throwaway line completely. Yeah. And just, yeah. I thought it was pointless. Maybe he should just maybe he should just not say anything. Just look up and then he say, hi, Cletus. And then end. Boom. Yeah. He should have said, there's going to be maximum <laughs> that so would be so amazing <laughs> no, if they maximum time's up <laughs> well isn't maximum carnage i i was trying to remember this it's venom spider-man and captain america is those are those the three that and team up cloak and dagger cloak, cloak and dagger, dagger? big in that one that, so that they team up to take down carnage because he's like taking over new york or something mm-hmm. or man that'd be red. cool yeah, yeah that would be cool but i mean mcu i don't think one would cross over, and Never. I don't think they would do that dark of a storyline. I don't think um, Chris Evans would even walk on that set. <laughs> no. no, he would not. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm just getting direct this. Just, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Before we get into the last post credit scene, uh, we kind of went through this at a bit more of a higher level than we usually do. We didn't get into kind of the guts and the details of everything, but I don't think there's a ton to, more to say about the film, except for our recommendations. <laughs> now, do you guys recommend Venom? Sanjay. Uh, yeah, absolutely I do. Um, check this film out. It's a different comic book movie. You know, it's something interesting. And to me, it worked. Um, to you, it may not work, but check it out for yourself. Uh, give it a go. And, you know, let's uh, let's see the Sony universe take off. Um, so I say support. I say check it out. I enjoyed it. That's all I can talk about is myself. All right. Try. Yeah, I think this is a, a skip. I mean, if I said... I think I said you don't need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. So if I said that, there's no way I can recommend this film. <laughs> see, so. to me, I actually enjoyed Venom slightly more than Ant-Man and uh, the My Wasp. buddy that I went with said the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just to me, Ant-Man and the Wasp, just nothing stuck out for me. Stuck out for me. This one st- stuff actually sticks out for me. See, and I told him Ant-Man and the Wasp was a better made film. Yeah. But I could see why people would gravitate to this it's, film. It was a better made film, yeah. but it felt familiar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they progressed the character and all that. We're not going to get into that. You can go listen to our review. <laughs> yeah. But to me, this just was there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Game of the Wasp was, yeah, it was good. It was familiar. That was, I think that's probably where you're going to have the pitfalls of Ant-Man and the Wasp when you compare it directly to this. This is something that seems different mm-hmm. on, on the, kind of on the surface. But when you dig into it, yeah, there's nothing there like as, <laughs> yeah. as a film critic i can i understand completely why ant-man the wasp it's a better constructed film yeah. why it has a better score but as a comic book fan to me i just found more to like with venom than with ant-man and the wasp yeah. yeah 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 no i i'd have to recommend not uh this, <laughs> this film i think it's just very poorly edited the dialogue was killing me the whole time the jokes never really worked with me i felt like everybody was miscast or miswritten you have incredible actors in this film great cast actually. yeah great cast it just it just didn't work for me um i mean my opinion i think tom hardy gave me a better performance in a stormtrooper outfit than he did <laughs> wearing a symbiote costume my opinion <laughs> well I, i'm gonna kind of land with you there troy um coming into this i was thinking okay is there a, a positive spin here as i sort of break this down i can't find the redeeming qualities of the film at all as we talk about it so the for m&m me, theme song Oh, there so you I was go, just yeah. say, the thing I liked the best was literally the Eminem song. At the end. Like I, I hadn't heard it before. Like the yeah. boom, boom. Like, I was like, this is this is pretty sweet. And then there was the Black Panther soundtrack song in there as well. And I was like, okay, I'm really digging these end credit scenes or this like literally written out people's names before we get to the actual end credit scene. So just sneak into the movie, watch the end credit yeah, scene, and, then and you're leave. good. Yeah. Or just go to YouTube and watch the video because it kind of plays. Actually, it does the body jumping in the Eminem video 
maybe even better than in the venom oh that's really hilarious. that's hilarious yeah. but uh for me yeah it's a it's a pass in the theaters for sure um if you're gonna check this film out you know i kind of have my my ratings are check it out in film netflix or don't watch it i'd say grab it on netflix um if you can get it for free as you're already paying for a subscription service sure pop it on turn your brain off it's like i said it's not a terrible movie but there's not a lot there yeah so if, you, if you're happy with your spider-man 3 type of a film, your Ghost Rider type of film from that mid two thousands. Ghost Rider was an excellent film. Then there you go, <laughs> it's there. So there you go. For a, I guess a roundtable recommend, it's a no. But Sanjay's given a thumbs up, and we've gotten kind of two thumbs down from us. So two thumbs up and four thumbs down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing thumbs here now, right? <laughs> All right. Before we close this review out, we got one more thing to talk about, and that's the second end credit scene, which yes. turned out to be yeah. about a six or so minute clip yep. of Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Yes. The thing that confused me most about this, I was reading the songs because I was trying to figure out what the Black Panther song was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw something, something into the Spider-Verse. I was yeah. like, that's weird. They had a song from into the Spider-Verse in Venom. Right. And yeah. then boom, the thing I loved about it was meanwhile, yes. in a different universe. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, I wicked. find this. Take me yeah. There. What'd yeah. you guys think of this? You know oh. me, I, I love it. <laughs> and this is also my fantasy draft, so go out there and check this movie December. But um, no, this was awesome clip, man. This yeah. is this is so cool. We got Miles in there. The animation, like I said, mm-hmm. every time, and it just looks better and better. I'm yeah. like, man, I hope it gets a best animated picture push. I hope really so, too, so yeah. Really unique take. Really yeah, unique. absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, it looks cool. The story they're telling, I love the aspect of this Peter Parker that we got here, too. We saw a trailer a little while back. All these like throwbacks to the Sam Raimi mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I was yeah. like, is this like Tobey Maguire? Because they th- showed like four shots of him doing the exact same stuff yeah. in the Sam Raimi trilogy. So <sighs> just love what they're doing. Gwen Stacy looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Noir is in there. Uh, there's a little clip too in that trailer. At least you can see the Spider-Man PS4 costume. So oh, really? So, nice, man, nice. I'm sold. I've seen this like ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. The animation is like a comic book brought to life. Do you know what this reminded me of? Speaking of the Spider-Man animated series, back in the '90s, the last episode. I don't know if you saw this, Tim. Secret I know, Wars. Secret Wars. Yeah. But then after that was like the Clone Wars, where it's like all the different Spider-Man team up, and there's like. Right. Well, the cartoon is Clone Wars because yeah. they did a Secret Wars, oh, really? and then Spider-Man meets like Ben Riley and like okay. Armor yeah. Spider. Or yeah, there's like Armor, Armor Spider Man, and I had yeah. that figure and uh, Spider Man, and then there was like the actor who plays Spider Man yeah. in a movie. Yeah, he's in it, and then like he meets Stan Lee. Spider in Carnage. It. Spider Carnage. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of gave me that vibe, and like, but like updated of like the newer Spider Man sure. that are out there. Yeah. Because there's like a Spider Pig. Spider-Ham, well, he's an OG. He's from back then in the 60s. Well, you know, yeah. the Simpsons called it. With, with <laughs> yeah. Plopper. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys. This it was the best part of the film Yeah, was this six-minute clip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am so stoked for this. So good. It's The unique take on it is that they're going to throw all the Spider-Mans at us. Yes. Yeah. And it's something that, again, like I said, the animation looks super unique. It's, it's exciting what yeah. they're doing. Peter Parker... I'm fully on board for this. And I like yeah. that it's centered around Miles Morales. Yes. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I think that's a necessary way to explore Spider-Man in something completely different. Yeah. Right. We got hints to it in Homecoming. Yeah. It's going to take a while to get there. For if sure. ever. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. this, you centering on this and making it a completely different universe, fantastic. And, I'm and they call it this. out too, right? Because I think Spider-Man narrates that one trailer. Oh, where he's yeah. Like, you know my backstory. I got all this going on, all this merchandise. Yeah. And then it's like, but this is about Miles. Yeah. yeah. And like, I know a ton about Peter Parker. I know next to nothing about Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's this dude about. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. 
So anyways, gentlemen, that was a ton of fun as much as we kicked around that film. Um, I, it, it is <laughs> This what is it just is, like the right? Suicide Squad review all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in a couple of years what James Gunn does with this. But anyways, it'll, like I said, always have a blast on you guys. I'm glad we're back in the room here. We kind of got away from winter for about 10 minutes because well, it's snowing right now. I wasn't thinking I was going to make it today this morning driving in. Yeah, it was it took pretty, me like an hour. Pretty crap. So yeah. we got it done. I'm, I'm excited for next week. We've got New York Comic Con to cover. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of news that we're going to jam into next week. We're going to pick up with Grab's questions. We're going to do our updates on collecting with our Weekend Nerds. Get back to the normal formula because yes. we've been kind of sideways the last two weeks given the solo podcast and then this, the movie review. And then we're going to be running into the back half of the year where we've got a couple more movie reviews to do. And lots and lots to get excited for. So, until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sonja. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room.